Welcome to Junior Lawyers Going to Trial, where we speak with Finnegan Associates about their experiences in the courtroom. In this episode, we're speaking with Sonia Salston. Sonia, thanks for joining us. First of all, can you just tell us a little bit about your trial experience and how it came about? Did you advocate for it or was it a supervisor or a client? A little bit of both. My first chance to go to trial came pretty early in my career at Finnegan. I was a second year associate and I had joined a litigation team doing a medical device case about six months before the case was set to go to trial. And that's a really great time to join a case because there's a lot of pre-trial proceedings going on. I got the opportunity to help with motions in limine and with Daubert motions and oppositions. And then when it became clear that the case was not going to settle and it was actually going to go to trial, I had made a good impression on the associates and partners on the team already. And then they helped advocate to the client to give me the chance to come to trial. And they really presented to the client like what my role would be at trial. And that role was going to be essentially to be the evidence geek and be responsible for making sure that everything we wanted to get into evidence at trial came into evidence over any objections from the other side. And then also for trying to keep out the other side's evidence that was harmful to us. So that is how the partners and associates on the team kind of presented my role to the client. And I had already had enough good impressions on the trial team that they felt confident making that recommendation for me. Mm. Evidence geek. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your pre-trial preparation as a evidence geek. How, How did you prepare for that role? Well, it started well before trial. So in the months leading up to trial, I was involved in creating our exhibit list. Uh, And to do that, I worked with everyone on the trial team to identify most important documents for the witnesses that they were handling. And the process of identifying the most important documents really kind of involves two lenses. You have to look at it from what do we need to convince the jury, but also what do we need in the record for a possible appeal? So I got to work with each of the different team members to figure out what documents were most important to either the issues they were handling or the witnesses that they were responsible for. So after a lot of conversations with them, I was able to put together the exhibit list uh, and exchange that with the other side. And then the fun really begins when you get the other side's exhibit list, because then that's when you get to flex your evidence muscles and try to identify all the possible objections to each exhibit on the other side's exhibit list. So in the weeks before trial, since I was going to be responsible for all the evidentiary objections, I brushed up on the federal rules of evidence. It sounds basic, but I broke out my copy of the federal rules of evidence and I reviewed them. I reviewed the notes and comments. I made sure I had a good understanding of hearsay and all of the hearsay exceptions. And then, like I said before, I got intimately familiar with each side's exhibit list you need to have a very good understanding of the universe of documents because you don't want to be at trial when there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of time constraints, you're staying up late, you're waking up early. You don't want to be seeing documents for the very first time. That is not the ideal time to be learning the universe of documents and trying to come up with objections. So it sounds like you had a very important role pre-trial and were very busy. What about your trial role? Tell us a little bit about how you approach that. So at trial, I was responsible for identifying the exhibits that we wanted to get into evidence the next day and for exchanging those with the other side. 
and then getting on the phone with the other side and having a meet and confer where we talk about their objections to those exhibits and how hopefully we could overcome them. So the very first night of trial, I had obviously never had that experience before. So one of the more senior associates on the team, she took the lead that night and really showed me how to do it by her example. So I learned by watching her prepare for and then lead this meet and confer process. And I got to see her kind of negotiate and compromise on certain exhibits and then fight harder on our objections to other exhibits. So I really learned by watching her make those strategic calls. And then after that meet and confer the first night, we had a debrief and she explained to me the next steps, which are basically writing up a short motion on any objections that remain unresolved and then preparing a very short kind of bulleted argument outline for the attorney who was gonna be responsible the next day for arguing the motion on that particular objection. So I really learned by having her take me under her wing and, and show me how to do it the first night. And then by the second night, she let me run that nightly meet and confer. And she was in the room and was there to jump in in case I needed help. And then by night three, I was running it myself, feeling good, and she was back doing her important substantive work, getting ready for the next day of trial. Mm. Well, it sounds like you had quite an amazing learning experience uh, as, a, as a first trial. You would expect that. What, did you learn anything that you weren't expecting, maybe? Yes, I learned that so much of trial is about judgment calls and strategy. So just because you can make an evidentiary objection doesn't mean that you should. I think when you're right out of law school, you're a fresh new attorney, you have a tendency to be overly technical at the expense of being more strategic. So what I learned from this experience is it's one thing to know the universe of possible objections and have a great working understanding of the federal rules of evidence, hearsay, objections. But then it's another thing, and this is what takes experience, is to know which objections are worth raising. And through this first trial experience, I learned that no matter how good your hearsay argument is, if the evidence doesn't harm you, there's no reason to fight and file a motion and argue a motion trying to keep evidence out that doesn't even harm your case. So I think I got a lot of perspective. You must have the building blocks and the working knowledge of the rules, the mechanics, the procedure. But then with more experience comes the judgment to figure out what's worth fighting about at trial. Great lesson. You, you saw so many aspects of a trial up close. Was there anything easier or harder than maybe you imagined? I think overall, my experience in kind of the evidentiary role was easier than I imagined. I was going into it pretty nervous about getting on the phone with the other side and having to argue on the fly. but. It was slightly easier than I imagined. I think that's really due to the preparation I had done in advance and then the really good training and advice that I got from my colleagues who were at trial, who were very generous with their time, even though you know they had a lot to do late nights, early mornings. Uh, they were invested in my training and development, and they were always willing to take the time to, to teach me while mm -hmm. we were doing it. What, what advice would you give to other junior associates who are looking to have the same kind of opportunity? Well, my biggest piece of advice, it goes for asking for trial 
experience, it goes for deposition experience, anything, any new thing you want to take on, preparation is key. So being prepared helps with your confidence, which is very important. When you're asking for a new opportunity, you want to project confidence. And I think preparation also comes in because it shows the person that you're asking for the opportunity that you're prepared to take it on and that you're ready for it. So really preparation is key because it it gives you confidence to ask and then it shows others that you're prepared for that opportunity. I also have some recommendations for resources for really anybody getting ready to go to trial, but specifically for anyone who is going to be in kind of the evidence geek role. So three resources for you. One is a good copy of the Federal Rules of Evidence with notes and comments. You want to read the notes and comments because it kind of brings the rule to life. Uh, Second, the National Institute of Trial Advocacy, NIDA, they put out a really great pocket-sized book called Cues and Signals for Good Objections. I love this book because it's small. It fits in your trial bag. Uh, It gives examples of how each of the federal rules play out in the courtroom. And then the best thing about this book is it gives you cues for spotting objections. So it will give you an example of what the other side might be saying that could trigger an objection. So I love that book. It's called Cues and Signals for Good Objections. And then the third resource is also put out by NIDA. It's called the Federal Trial Objections Quick Reference Card. It's a laminated card. It has all of the possible objections, both to testimony and to documents. It has a little cheat sheet of what you're actually supposed to say to make the objection. And then it has support for the objection. So a citation to the federal rules or like the lead federal case supporting the objection. So I recommend uh, picking up a copy of each of those resources, read them for before trial, and then bring them with you to trial. I brought them to the courtroom every single day. Great advice. How do you feel this experience helped your career? First of all, I think it solidified my leaning that I wanted to be a trial lawyer. So it helped confirm that and gave me the confidence to seek out more trial opportunities. Uh, It also was a good opportunity to make a good impression on the trial team and the, the more senior associates and the partners on that team, many of whom I still work with today and who I have been to multiple extra trials with. So that was great, making a good impression on the litigators at Finnegan. And then I think most importantly, it was a confidence boost. It gave me the confidence and experience to take on bigger roles in each of my next trial experiences. So in my second trial, I did a lot of the same evidentiary issues as I did in my first trial, but then I also had more experience and I was able to do a direct examination of one witness and a cross examination of another. And then in my most recent trial, my role got even bigger. I was responsible for multiple witnesses and I actually got to pass on the evidentiary role to a more junior associate. And like my original mentor who showed me the ropes at my first trial, I did the exact same thing at my most recent trial this year. I led the meet and confer on the first night, showed the junior associate how to do it, and then passed that role off to her. And she did a fantastic job for the rest of trial. And that was really just a nice full circle moment where I got the chance to be the mentor that I had had in my very first trial. You have now a couple trials under your belt. 
what experiences are you trying to position yourself for next? I think more trials. I love being a trial lawyer. I also like appellate work, but I think I'm happiest in a courtroom doing trials. So next up is a trial in the fall where hopefully I'll have another good experience and and take on an even bigger role. Well, Sonia, thanks so much for sharing your experience. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to a special podcast from Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.